Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. It is good to be back with you all. Did you have a happy new year? Amen. So do we. We went down to uh, Missouri to visit my family. We don't get to see them very often, and um, it was just a, uh, like a nice time to be able to travel down and uh, spend some time with them. God gave us favor. We missed the nasty weather that kind of swooped in as we were leaving, and he gave us 60 degrees down in, in Missouri and then uh, clear roads on the way back. And so we're so thankful to be here with you. Um, we can go ahead and kill the music, and uh, um, we'll move on. Um, this is, as Dave said, the new year. With the new year, there's new possibilities. There's a time for new beginnings and new blessings. You believe that? Amen. We're going to just do a little, something a little different today. I'm, I'm not here to really bring a teaching. I want to I just share some stuff with you, stuff that God's been doing, what he's put on our heart uh, a verse that God placed on my heart today was Isaiah 43:19. It says, "For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in dry wastelands. God is up to something. He's up to something new. And he asks the people of Israel, though this was a word for them back when they were uh, getting ready to go into captivity, they were being conquered by other nations. He gives them this word, and he's, he's saying, like, don't look at all the negativity around you. Don't you see that I'm up to something, that I'm beginning something new? Like, like it's right before your eyes. So though this verse was meant for them, I believe we can hold to this promise today as we close the year 2020 and open up to 2021. We're exiting one season to enter into a new season. And what I think God is trying to communicate to us is that he's not just about to do something new that he's done before, but that he's getting ready to do something altogether new, something he's never done before. And it's really exciting to be a part of the body of Christ, in, um, especially in this time as part of uh, believers all around the world. There's always something new to learn, some new place to go. There's always some new season to enter when you're following Jesus. Well, Jesus said, follow me, right? That means he's going somewhere. If you're not going anywhere, then, then you're not following because to, to be a believer in Christ is to be a follower of Jesus, which means you're on a journey with the Lord, and, and you're doing what he's doing. You're participating in what he's doing, and as we are following Jesus and learning to walk in his spirit, we realize every day that God is the God of new. In Lamentations 3, through 23, this is a great verse. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness, and his mercies begin afresh every day. Isn't that good? Right? How many of you need new mercy today? And I get some hands up in here. Right? Maybe yesterday didn't really go like you planned. Maybe you said something you shouldn't have said or you forgot to do something and you hurt somebody by not failing through. And there's so many ways that we mess up or we don't uh, do what we hope to accomplish. And God's mercy is new every day, which means this morning when you woke up, 
His mercy for you to shake off the dust of yesterday and arise to the blessings of today was available to you. It's such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. So here we are again in a new year with new focus, new strength, new hope, new expectations for God to move in powerful ways. And, and uh, I appreciate uh, Dave stepping in last week. That was a good word, wasn't it? Amen. Right, talking about New Year's resolutions, it was, it was such great to be able to see that and participate online. But I heard a few years ago a radio host talk about that New Year's resolutions are actually um, things that kind of get in our way. That they stifle us rather than help us because most of us, we start off the year strong, but about halfway through, we kind of fizzle out and, and don't end up following through with our resolutions. And so his advice was, rather than choosing a bunch of resolutions, you should just pick one word to be your theme through the year. Just pick one word and let that word kind of be what influences you uh, throughout the year. And this is something that really just struck a chord with me. And I've been trying to uh, use this wisdom, this advice, and incorporate that into the life of our church. And it's been pretty awesome to see how these words have actually become prophetic declarations of what God was going to do and what he was going to accomplish in us throughout the year. Last year's word was fanatic. You know, right? Like, I'm passionate for Jesus. My wife says I'm the most boring person in the world because the only thing I like talking about is Jesus. And I'm thinking, is there anything greater to talk about than Jesus? Right? Fanatic It was, was the word for last year. And if you were here at that time, you probably remember that uh, I kind of had a setup for it. Like, I was talking about it. Like, there's, there's going to be this word. And then all of a sudden, I put the graphic on the screen, and it was misspelled. And instead of fanatic, it was fanatic, and uh, it just kind of took the wind out of my sails. You know, I, I kind of had to just pretend like I, everything was the way it was supposed to and, and move on. But, uh, but it, it, you know, it's just what it is. But last year, we sought God in a new way. We sought Him uh, really going after the gifts of the Spirit and His presence, and especially around the prophetic gifts to begin learning what it is to hear God's voice and partner with God in our everyday lives to minister to other people. And I'm telling you, God did some pretty amazing work. Dave was talking about our prayer nights. There, there have been encounters in our prayer nights that, unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire Christian life, and I've been a Christian for a long time, and it's just, just what God was doing with us as we were seeking Him and learning to hear His voice and then speak what God is speaking and putting faith in the promises that He was declaring. And it was just an awesome thing that we got to see. And this year, God has revealed much in the ways of prophetic words. A prophetic word is simply, in Scripture, it says, calling things that are not as though they are. When God tells you something that hasn't happened yet and you declare that, that's a prophetic word or something giving you insight into a situation. There's many types of uh, prophetic words that people receive, but we went after all of these things and got to experience much of that. Much of these words that, that we heard were directed to our church, but some also to the church globally. And uh, it was awesome to see how many voices throughout the world were saying the same things we were, completely disconnected from from the outside world and in our prayer gatherings. And God has been faithful and given us not just confirmation, but even fulfilling the very things that we felt he laid on our hearts and spoke to our hearts. And I believe that going back and seeing what God has done is going to give us faith to press into the new that he's getting ready to do and, and to give us hope. And I, I just want to encourage you, our God is alive. 
He's alive. He's real. You know, being a Christian, I grew up in a Christian home. I was in church almost every Sunday of my life, and I often struggled. Is God actually real? Is the Bible actually true? I'd say I believe this. I think I believe this, but I have a really hard time really getting there in my spirit. And I'm here to tell you, God is alive and well. Jesus is on the throne. His word is true, and you can take it to the bank every time. It is it's such an amazing thing. And, and it's awesome to see he doesn't just speak through the scripture, through the Bible, but he's also speaking through the Holy Spirit. You know, God is interested in every aspect of your life. And if you let him, he will guide your life. Uh, John 16, 13 Jesus, talking to his disciples, he's telling them, as, I'm getting ready to leave. After my death and resurrection, I'm going to go to heaven and be with the Father. But I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And here's what he says. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he'll tell you what he has heard and even tell you about the what? The future. Right? So this is a normal Christian experience. The Holy Spirit teaching us what is true and even telling us the future. Why would God want to tell us the future? So that we can be prepared for what God is calling us into and for the seasons we're about to walk into. So that we're able to walk in step with Him and remain in His will. So in 1 Chronicles 12.32, there was a group of people, there was a tribe of Israel that during this time that God was blessing the nation of Israel. In 1 Chronicles 12.32 it says, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times. Somebody say signs of the times. They understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. So these leaders in this tribe of Issachar, they could discern what was going on. It, not just in the physical world, but in the spiritual world, to keep Israel in a place where they could walk in step with God and remain under the blessings of God. This is so important that, that we understand not just what the Bible says, but also the season that we are in. And, uh, and so the question I have for you is, do you believe that God is still today communicating with signs and wonders? Is God still revealing? Yes, He is. Matter of fact, there's some signs that we see every day, every day, that most of us take for granted and don't even realize are there for a purpose. In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 14, at the creation of the world, here's what it says. It says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. What are those lights? It's the sun, moon, and stars, Right? Here's what he says, and let them be for what? Signs and seasons and for days and years. See, the astrologers have hijacked what God has instituted to give us revelation. It's not astrology to look at the stars and try to glean revelation. It's learning the word of God and seeing how God is revealing in his creation his very word, plan, and will. Right, so we're looking at the sky, the stars. God created a cosmic clock with the universe, the sun, the rotation, the moon, everything we see to give us signs and indications of what season we are in. The season we left, 
the season we're in and the seasons we are going into. And there's so much on the subject, we can't get into it today. But in preparation for this conversation, I just really feel like the Lord is wanting me to reveal what he's been up to, where we are now, and what we can expect to go through down the line. And I thought really this would be three different messages, but the more I reasoned it out, it became really one message with three points. So today we're going to talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going as a church. It's going to be exciting. I just really am excited for this today. So where have we been? Where were we? So it's not a secret that 2020 was a challenge. Anybody have some struggles in 2020? Anybody? A few struggles? Maybe not just financially. You know, they, they, they say that the shutdowns and everything cause a lot of tension in the home, and there are a lot more uh, domestic disputes and, and uh, different things happening. It's just been a crazy with 2020. But not just for churches, but around the world. You know, churches had to shut down, and, and many still don't have their full attendance returning. It's been pretty crazy. But something God spoke to me this week was that seasons don't just appear out of nowhere, right? We were looking at the snow today in, in wintertime. Winter didn't just happen. We had to go through a season of fall that was a transition period from summer to winter. So there's often a transitional period between seasons to get us from where we are to where we're going. There's this transition period. If you think about in the Bible... God didn't just show up to Israel and Egypt, and then instantly they were in the promised land, right? right? God, God picked Moses out of all these people to be their deliverer. And Moses, when he was a young man, he, he knew he had this call on his life. And he thought, well, I'm going to deliver Israel right now. And so he went and he tried to deliver Israel, ended up killing a, an Egyptian. But what happened? He was rejected by the Israelites, and he fled into the desert and lived in exile for many, many years. Because it wasn't the right season for God's will to be done. But Moses went through a period of time of training, of preparation in the wilderness. So at God's timing, when God spoke and said, okay, Moses, now's the time. Now's the time to go. Not only did Moses overthrow the entire Egyptian army, but he also became the leader over all of Israel. So it's important we understand the signs and the seasons so we know how to partner with God to remain in the blessings of God for the purposes of God to be fulfilled. God's timing is important. But before the year 2020, as a church, we were in a transition period. We were for a few years. And there were many struggles and difficulties. And I've testified, you know, on here before you that my wife and I were, went through a period of intense discouragement. We actually were, were on the verge of closing the doors, calling and quits. We're like, we can't do this anymore because of how discouraged we were. And to think of it, when we started in, in um, 2014, we started with over 100 people in our church. There was life. There was, there was a lot of things happening. We had all these events, and there was a lot of excitement. And then over the next few years, things began to transition and change. We had some struggles. And at the end of 2019, we, we were really in a, a bleak in a stark position. And I want to give you just a snapshot of where we were financially and kind of some stats on our church. The year end of 2019, going into 2020, the total amount of money we had in the bank was $13,819.93. Now, for a church that's got monthly bills and things like that, that's not a lot of money. That's not a lot of income. Total in our emergency fund was $5,520.52. It had been $10,000, but because of the transition period we were in, we were spending money out of that just to stay afloat. 
Our project homecoming fund balance was 2073.24, and our average attendance was around 25. So if you can imagine going from 100 at the start, upwards of 120, down to 25 over the few short years, that, that's a blow. There are often many times we would get, come in here and we would, we would just pour our hearts out and it just felt like nothing was happening, nothing was working and, and there, like God wasn't doing anything. We often questioned, are we even still meant to do this? It was really discouraging. We were losing money, our church was shrinking and I got to this place where I felt like we really only had three options, either find a new location because this place was too big, merge with another church and just try to join forces, or three, just close the doors altogether and walk on. And I, uh, during that time, it's interesting how the enemy likes to pounce on you when you're down. Because I got a phone call from a pastor in the area who offered me a position at his church and an opportunity to merge. And as I was contemplating this, I called a friend of mine who's another pastor in the area and just said, man, I just don't know what to do. Please uh, give me some advice. Pray for me. And then he started offering me an opportunity to come merge with his church. And you can't understand under that discouragement how attractive that was, right? But uh, my wife and I, you know, we're talking and praying. She's like, you got to call your buddy Dave because Dave always shoots straight with you. So I called Dave Sova. Uh, he and his wife were uh, leaders in another church, and we had a good, long, hard conversation. At the end of it, he said, you know, if God hasn't told you differently, don't stop. Keep going. And uh, so I had some repenting to do, some lies I was believing and uh, I said, okay, God, I'm gonna, we're going to stay in this. We're going to keep going. We're going to pursue you. And just got a fresh win. Okay, we're going we're gonna to stop wallowing in the discouragement. We're going to believe God for bigger and better things. Now, the year 2020 had some prophetic significance at the beginning of 2020. And we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the year. If we look at numbers in Scripture, they often have prophetic meanings of what God is going to do. The number 20 in the Hebrew language is the letter kaf which is signified as in a pictogram as an open hand, which means blessing, to receive blessing from God. So 2020 would be cough, cough, which means two hands of blessing. And many uh, leaders in the church and people were saying this was going to be the year of the double portion blessing. And so we're like, okay, what else do we have to lose? We're going to believe God for double portion. We start off, you know, okay, we're going to go after this as fanatics. We're going to go after God. And then COVID hits and shuts everything down. All right, so it's like, okay, God, what are you doing? This is the double portion blessing? What, what's happening here? We can't even meet for two months because of this pandemic. But we, we just held fast. And a verse that was highlighted during this time was Isaiah 61, 7, which said, instead of shame and dishonor, you'll enjoy a double share of honor. You'll possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. This was the promise we were clinging to. God... We're believing this for the double portion year, double portion blessing. And God spoke to my heart in prayer one day, you know, saying that the body of Christ, the church globally, was like a car out of alignment. You know, when your car's out of alignment, you can drive straight, but you have to struggle with your car to get there. And it causes exceptional wear and tear on your vehicle until you get back into alignment. And this is what God was saying. He's saying the church globally is out of alignment. And so I'm taking it through a season of alignment so that it's ready for the blessing that I'm going to pour out in, the, in a future time. And so I believe this is what 2020 is for, is to wake a lot of people up to look at what really matters most, especially when it comes to the kingdom of God and what our mission is as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. 
That, and so during this season, we started this new series, this journey through Scripture called The Great Romance. And we started talking about falling in love with Jesus all over again, rediscovering this amazing God that we have. And over this last year, we had some incredible services, amen? God is showing up in miracles and healing and just so many awesome things. It's just been crazy during this pandemic, this shutdown and this struggle. And during the, the message uh, on Jan- the 1st of January, this fanatic message, um, I wrote something that I just felt was like a word that God had for us this year through all the struggle and that what God was showing me was that we had been through some difficult battles but the enemy is overthrown, and now we've been brought into a season of rest where we are being freed up to sing again, press into God's presence, and worship him without hindrance, that there will be a day of work on the horizon, but for now, we're to simply rest in worship. And that's what I felt at the beginning of January. When all this stuff shut down, we had to minimize. We couldn't do our kids' ministries anymore. We couldn't do all the stuff that we, we just did, simple church. We showed up. Everyone was in here. We, we sang. We preached. We went home. You know, and so this began to be fulfilled throughout the year. And I, and I re- introduced this in that 2020 vision message. In that message also, I challenged our church to begin praying for really two specific things. One, that God would bring 20 new families to our church in 2020. And that God would lead us to a new place of our own, a place we could call home. So we didn't have to rent the, do all the setup and tear down anymore and all the stuff that we were doing. And this year, in July or June, we were able to purchase in cash a piece of property for our new church location. We should have a picture on, go ahead, that's Chris and I, Chris uh, and Amy have been coming. So we, we purchased the property, go ahead and go to the next one. So my son and daughter, they're on a new property, future home of Vertical Life Church, the corner of Saginaw and Wilson Road. Such a monumentous thing, a huge encouragement for us this past year. And so this was an answer to prayer. God is saying, okay, I've, I've picked a spot for you, that there's going to be a future place. But that was only half of the prayer that we were pressing into every prayer night we had over the course of the year. The second thing we did was 20 families in 2020. And as far as new families go, we had the Crenshaws, Number two, Nancy Madison. Number three, John Heine and Sheila Decalita. Number four, Necky Sagley and Desi Carroll. Number five, Scott Zeigler and Michelle Kreitz. Number six, Tim and Colleen Lawrence. Number seven, Pam Polinski. Number eight, the Sovas. Number nine, the Kowalsiks. Number 10, the Basors. Number 11, the Lurs came back to our church. Number 12, Mark and Betty Trombley. Number 13, Lauren Trombley. Number 14, Scott and Michaela McGuire, the whole McGuire family here today. Number uh, 15, Emlyn Balsdo. Number 16, John Taylor. Number 17, Chris and Stratman and Amy Gunn, who they just got engaged. So wherever you guys are, congratulations. Number 18, Amanda Gooch. Number 19, Mark and Cassie Trombley. Number 20, Donna Madison. Number 21, online, Linda Drinkwine. Number 22, online, Kathleen Kunkel. Number 23, several other families have joined us in 2020. And this was during a pandemic. Goodness. I mean, God deserves a shout of praise. What can God do, man, as we just are we're praying? We didn't do anything else. No, no marketing schemes, no special services to get people in. We just prayed and believed God's promises. Now, also, in Hebrew, the year 2020 is the number 5780. And often, God does things in a series of decades. The number 10 is a symbolic number for a specified period of time, and 
isn't it interesting how we kind of categorize or catalog our, our culture in decades? Like we talk about the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s and for whatever reason, kids are wearing clothes from the 90s now. You know, you pull out my old yearbook and you see kids wearing the same thing I wore in high school. It's pretty crazy, right? But we do this. We categorize by decades. Well, the year 5780, which was 2020, the number 80 is the letter pay in the Hebrew language. And symbolically, it means a mouth or to speak. So not only was it the double portion blessing year, but it was a year of the voice of God being released. And I think we began to really see that. But isn't it also interesting that the COVID attack required something of the people? Not only were churches shut down when Walmart was allowed to stay open, but there was a mandate that we had to wear masks to cover our mouths. See, there's things happening in the spiritual realm that manifest in the physical realm. It, it, it'll blow your mind when you really dig into the Word of God and what's happening and what God is communicating. But there was an attack of the enemy to silence the church when it was supposed to be the year the church would rise up and speak boldly. So it's pretty crazy. But there is a promise from God in Psalm 81.10. It says, For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. We didn't stay silent. We didn't back down. We continued to speak God's promises, press into the things of God, believe God for bigger and better. All year long, we opened our mouths to call on heaven in our prayer gatherings to bless our church. And not only did he give us the property, not only did he give us over 20 families in 2020, but here now is where we are. That's where we've been. Now here's where we are. The year end in 2020, remember in the end of 2019, Going into 2020, we only had $13,819.93 in the bank. To date, we have $48,098.80. At the end of 2019, in our emergency fund, we had $5,520.52. At the end of 2020, we have $16,085. That's six months of our expenses saved up and on reserve. Six months of expenses. The end of 2019, our Project Homecoming Fund was $2,073.24. The end of 2020, our Project Homecoming Fund was $16,345.46. The end of 2019, our average attendance was 25. The end of 2020, look around, 50 to 65 in average attendance. You want to talk about the double portion blessing. Our God is faithful. He is trustworthy. The evidence of God is all around. And that God didn't just bless us financially, but he blessed us with salvations, with healings, with miracles, with people uh, getting their lives turned around. You know, most people look at 2020 and they think, this was a crummy year. I look at 2020 and say, God is awesome. God is awesome. And so that's where we were. Now we're entering into a season of rest to worship and press into his presence. And I believe that this new year is going to be a new season. And many have spoken that this is a year of joy. Janice, you received that word, this was going to be a year of joy. And a matter of fact, my wife and I heard on the radio, a radio newscaster also said, this is going to be a year of joy. You know, it's pretty exciting that, that that's being fulfilled. But God's word, I believe, and the theme for us this year is that his word is that this is the year that we build. This is the year that we build. Now, that could be taken a few different ways. But I believe God is the God of the impossible. 
Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, he says, Everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. Beloved, I believe our time to tear down is past, and now it's our time to build up, to move forward. There's a time for everything. And it's important we understand what season we're in so we know how to partner with God. And again, we went through a season of tearing down, but I don't believe that's going to be our season any longer. We are now beginning to cultivate the ground, beginning to build with the Lord. And I believe that he wants us to accomplish some significant things in this region. I believe what he began in 2020 is going to continue to be built on in 2021. But this year is not going to be without its challenges. It's not going to be without its trials and its difficulties. But Luke chapter 6, 48, Jesus is telling a parable about two men, uh, two builders. One is a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The other one is a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Here's what he says. He says, it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. It's so important that we build our lives on the word of God, that we trust in his promises, that we hear the voice of God and we follow what God is saying. We tune out all the other negativity to see what God is saying, hear what God is saying, to see what God is seeing, so that when the storms come, and they will come, you will have difficulty. Jesus said, in this life there will be trial, but fear not, I have overcome the world. Right, so he's with us even in the midst of the storm. And if we build our lives and our ministry and our church on the word of God, on our faith in Jesus Christ, that when the storms come, we'll be left standing firm. The wise build our houses on the rock. So our prayer goals for this year are a continuation of what we started last year. Number one, we're praying for 21 new families in 2021. We don't want to grow too fast, but we're going to keep growing. We're praying for a full and complete funding for our building project, which means we're going to be moving forward on getting details and set aside budgets and plans for this year. And my prayer is, is that we're ready to break ground in 2022. That's my prayer. And you can join us in prayer. Number three, that we receive greater revelation and manifestations of the presence of God in our worship services because that's what we need. We don't need a good message. We don't need good music. We need God in our presence. And number five, more leaders and wisdom for how to build the structures we need. It's not just showing up on Sunday. There's a lot of moving parts that go into having ministry that helps disciple people and, and help people in their lives and, and able to mobilize people. And so we need to begin building the structures so that this ministry can grow. If what I believe is coming comes and this place is full, we're going to have to do something with them, right? So we have to start building now into our ministries and into our structures what we will then use to have a healthy and spiritual God-glorifying ministry in the future. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Do not despise small beginnings. We have a small beginning, but our small church is mighty in God. It's mighty in the Lord. And I believe this year we're going to see dramatic shifts in the momentum in the work that God has for us in, in preparing for that move. The plumb line is an instrument used to measure the ground, to prepare the ground for a building project. And here he says God rejoices to see the plumb line in the builder's hand. And I believe as we're moving forward, God rejoices in that. 
He rejoices when we mobilize our faith and continue to move forward in the plans that he has for us. And not just building a physical building. It's not about the physical building. Buildings built and they crumble. What God is more interested in is building his temple, which is the church. It's you and I. It's all of us together. The spiritual building that God's making out of all of us. So we're all part of that structure that God is building to reveal his kingdom and glorify his son in this region. So that's where we are. Now, where are we going? We get to see where we're going. Now, to understand where we're going, we first need to understand what God's been revealing prophetically for the church globally in the season. And my wife and I have been receiving different words throughout the, the year or years, and my wife received this word a little while ago, and it's been confirmed through many other leaders and channels. And I believe Aaron, one night in our prayer night, she even received a similar word um, that God is getting ready to pour out his spirit. And Joel 2 says, in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That God has been pouring out his spirit, but there's coming another outpour that's going to, that's going to look like a global revival all over the world. And in this word that my wife received... It says that not only is God going to pour out of his spirit, that we're in the season of alignment to get us ready, if the stage is being set for this outpour, it's going to be something like we've never seen. Salvations, many salvations, people coming to Christ, healings, encounters with God's spirit will be in abundance. Miracles will be easy. We won't have to contend for them like we do now. Um, that God's just going to be blessing, it seems like almost, you know, just in a way we've never experienced. But the word God gave my wife was that we need to be ready for this. We need to be ready for when God moves. Our kids need to be ready. Right? This is not just for the adults, but our kids need to be spiritually ready for this outpour. Because if we're not ready, we may miss it. We may not get to be a part of it, of what God is getting ready to do. It's like the parable Jesus told of the ten virgins. Like there were, there were ten bridesmaids ready for the master to come and take them into the bridal chamber to, to marry the master. And, and five of them were wise and they had plenty of oil so they keep their lamps burning throughout the night. So when the master came in the middle of the night that they'd be ready to go. But there were five virgins that didn't have enough oil. So when the master came, the announcement came that the master was coming. The five that were wise, they went out to meet the master and went into the bridal chamber. But the other five that weren't ready... They had to go in the world and try to, to the marketplace to try to find what they needed, and then it was too late. They missed it. They missed, they missed the moment. And God's word to us is that God is getting ready to do something globally, something we've never seen before, and we need to be spiritually ready so that we get to be in on it and not outside of it. A story in the Bible that God brought to mind as I was just meditating on this word was in the book of Acts, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, the, Jesus has resurrected. He poured out a spirit in Acts 2. The church began. Many people were coming to Christ. It was this huge move of God that the world had never seen taking place. Thousands of people becoming believers and signs, wonders, and miracles happening all over the place. And people were so moved with what God had done in their lives, what Jesus had done, that those that had extra income and property, they were selling their property and giving the extra money to the church so they could fund the ministry, take care of the needs of the poor, and the whole nine. And the, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, saw what was happening, and they too promised that they would sell their property and give all the proceeds to the church. And once they sold their property, they realized, man, we made more money on this than what we thought. And so they're like, we don't want to give all this money now to the church, even though we promised it. So they came up with this plan. 
that they would keep some of the money a, a secret, and they would just tell everybody that they were giving all their money. And they were in agreement with this plan. And so they, they go before the, the elders, and, and they lay their money down at the apostles' feet. And Peter receives a prophetic word from the Holy Spirit. And he says, is this the amount of money that you received from the house and, or the property? And they're like, yeah, that's the money. And, and he says, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? It's like you, you can't expect to lie to the Holy Spirit and get away with it. And right there, God struck them down dead. And I was, as I was meditating on, on this story, I'm thinking, why would God do that? Think about what just happened. They lied to Peter, who is the king liar in Scripture, right? The night Jesus is being crucified, he lies three times that he knew Christ, right? He, he lies. He said, I didn't know him. I never knew him. I don't, and he starts swearing to get people to believe that he didn't know who Jesus was. So was it the fact that they lied? I don't think so, because Peter is himself a liar. What was the word? It's a God, I believe, is trying to get our attention in this story. What he was revealing is that he's saying, if you want to be a part of a move of God, you can't fake it. There are no phonies allowed in a move of God. There are no phonies allowed in revival. That if, if you're going to be a part of what God is doing, it's got to be a wholehearted surrender, a wholehearted issue, if you want to be a part of what God is doing. Another story in Acts chapter 8, the story of Simon the sorcerer, similar thing is, is, you know, he sees that the power of the apostles is superior to his own demonic power. And so he becomes a believer in Christ, gets baptized. And then when he sees Peter and the other apostles laying hands on people and they're being baptized in the spirit, getting healed, that he goes up to Peter and he says, you know, I, I would like this power too. How much can I give you to receive this power? Like he'd already given up his Harry Potter ways. He wasn't doing the sorcery thing anymore. But now he's like, but I want this power. Like, I gave up this one, now I, I want this one. And Peter said, you have no part in this because your heart is far from God. Go seek the Lord and maybe he'll forgive you. What is he saying? He's saying, it's not about what you want. It's about what he wants. It's about complete and utter surrender to the will of God. Complete and utter, God, here's my heart with no strings attached. Do with me as you will. My life is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's those whose hearts are ready, whose hearts are burning with passion for the Lord, are going to be the ones who get to be a part of this move. You cannot fake it. God sees every heart, knows every plan and thought. There's no hiding the truth from him. And he knows those who want more of him and those who are just pretending to want more of him. This outpour won't be without trials either because it will be through the trials that true committed followers of Jesus are going to be revealed. As I was praying Spirit of God spoke to my heart, and he just said that this generation that we're in of believers is like brittle glass. It's like brittle glass. They're easily shattered when tapped. And as I was pressing into that, I started thinking about, look, look at all the people that just fall away so easily. So just so easily. Like the, the people, there are people that come into the church because their life is falling apart, and they need God to bail them out. And then there are people that believe that God exists only to keep my life free from all pain and suffering. And when the pain and suffering comes, they bail out on God. It, it, it's just this, this brittle nature of faith in the church. And God is saying that he is getting ready to take us in through a season of tempering. It was a miracle when they came out with tempered glass screen protectors for the cell phone. Can I get an amen on that? How many, how many screens have broken and shattered unnecessarily before this invention? 
But why do we like to temper glass? It's because it can withstand damage. It's strong. It's sturdy. What God is getting ready to do is he's getting ready to take the church through a season of tempering. And how do you do that? You heat it up and then you cool it rapidly. You heat it up and then you cool it rapidly. And what's going to happen, I believe, is that there are going to be crises that come. There's going to be things. There are going to be attacks of the enemy, things that are going to come, that are going to rise, that come against the church, that's going to feel like fire. But soon after comes the cool reprieve to bring us into this place of strength, both spiritually and in faith, so that we can fulfill the purpose and plan of God. Now, no one likes to think about persecution or trials. But this is also the season of joy, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We're not to be afraid of future events. God gives us a glimpse of what's coming to prepare us not to make us afraid. But this is a season of joy. Why is it joyous? Romans 3, 5, 3 through 4. It says, we can rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. We can rejoice when we have trouble. You can rejoice when you have issues at work, when you have struggles in your marriage. You can rejoice. Why? Because trials help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. In the midst of trial, if we stay faithful, we become tempered glass. We become strengthened. Our faith grows. And we rise into who God has created us to be, conduits of his power and his glory. This is why this will be a season of joy, because even though we're half struggle and trial, we're going to see God move. And every time God moves, our faith is going to grow. Our faith is going to increase. We're going to see great and mighty things if we're ready. On New Year's Day, I had a dream. It's kind of funny. I was just laying on the bed, and I just kind of fell asleep. And in this dream, I heard... A voice say, they say it comes in threes. You know, it's a often, you know, a saying. And then in this dream, I'm, I'm thinking, well, if it comes in threes, then maybe there's three events, three months, like three quarters, and maybe three waves of things are going to happen. And I believe this is significant because in this dream, I also saw these people that were needing help. And every time that they needed help, they would go to this box. And when they would open this box, they, they didn't find what they needed. They found that they had leveled up to the next level. Like if you, if you think of video games at all, if you're a nerd like me or you have kids that play games all the time, usually you have a character and as you gain experience and accomplish challenges, you, you level up and then you become stronger and you can take on bigger and better enemies and, and things like that. This is what was happening. Every time that they needed help, they'd go to this box, they'd found out that they leveled up. And so I, I believe that this leveling up is actually what's going to take place through these waves or these, these trials But with these trials are going to come new revelations, and we'll discover that what we've gone through or are going through is what God is using to take us to the next level spiritually. Last year, in March, God received a word from the Lord that said there was a second wave coming, COVID being the first, a second wave uh, coming that God would shake the foundations of the earth in a year and a half, which puts us at September. So we're talking about three waves, three quarters that would also put us in September. On March 31st, the word of God said he would shake the heavens. This could be literal or it could more likely be spiritual, like the powers of the enemy are going to be shaken and it's going to manifest through a shakeup on the earth somehow, maybe over power or corruption in the form of a shakeup. 
But similar words have been spoken to prophetic people all over the world. God is saying the same thing to people who are disconnected from each other all over the world at the same time. So this is why I think that it comes in threes, word in, you know, ends of September. Because something is pointing to the end of this year. There will be some sort of shakeup that is handed directly from the Lord. Some, some type of move. But regardless of how these things play out, I believe that this is going to be happening either during or just before the outpour comes. Um, and that it's done so that the true church can arise, people whose hearts are fully committed to Jesus Christ. And that his glory can be re repeated in us in greater ways. What's interesting, 5780 was the, uh, or 2020 was the, the double portion blessing. 80 still referring to the mouth or to speaking. The, the number one is uh, signified as an ox and means strength. So 5781 is the, is the year of the mighty word, the mighty declaration. I believe God is going to begin speaking loudly. And I received a word this past year that said he's going to be raising up people with voices to speak for the Lord. That they're going to be, you're going to start seeing people standing up and saying, no, I'm not, I'm not backing down anymore. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to let the culture and the people tell me what I should think and believe. I'm going to stand true for the word of God. And I'm going to speak the, the, with boldness the word of God. Now, as far as our church is concerned, in the midst of all this, one of the words my wife received while she was struggling on a Sunday morning, believe it or not, we can be worshiping and looking happy and being a mess at the same time. I don't know if you knew that, but it's very possible. There was one Sunday that she, you know, we just had a hard morning, and you would walk in, there's nobody here. It seemed like there was more people in the praise team than there was in the audience, and we're just singing and praying, and, and she was just having a hard morning, and she was just... Crying, kind of crying out to God in her mind as she's singing in her, with her mouth. And, you know, she just gets to the place of surrender. And she said, God, none of this matters. Just it doesn't matter anymore. I'm tired of worrying about it. I just want you. If I have you, then it doesn't matter how many people are in the audience. It doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank. It doesn't matter what our life looks like. All that matters is that you are with us, that you're here. And the Spirit of God said, are you sure? Are you sure about that? And she was kind of taken aback by that because she was like, I really need to think about whether I'm really sure. Because if I say yes, that might mean this small group of people is all we have for here on out. So she had to think about it for a minute. And then she said, no, I'm sure. God, you're worth more than anything we could have in this life, in this world. I'm sure. You're all that matters. And God said, okay, I'm going to fill this auditorium. I'm going to fill it. Which means, people, we're a part of this move. God is going to continue to bless and move in this place. This auditorium will be filled. It will be filled. God is going to bless. We're going to see more and more people come and give their lives to Jesus. More people have encounters with God, filled with the Spirit, empowered in their true identity as a child of God. Marriage is restored. People, physical ailments healed. Prophetic words spoken. God is going to continue to move. He's going to build upon what he's already begun. So what that means for us is that we need to have the structures in place so that we're ready to receive the people that come. We can't do church with a small church mentality anymore. We have to prepare for growth. You know, there's a scripture that says, build the hedges, expand your, your, your walls, you know, expect 
growth to come. That's what we're going to begin doing. We're going to begin setting the stage for a move of God so when the people come that we're ready to receive them. We need to train them so they can become ambassadors of Christ. Our, our mission statement is that we're here to engage people where they are and lead them to becoming fully developed followers of Jesus Christ. It's not enough to have a service full of people. We need to disciple people to grow in their faith and live out their calling in Christ Jesus. That's it. That's why we exist. So this past year when COVID hit, back in April, I shared at our dedication service the, a word I received, a vision that God has for our church, what our focus is going to be probably till the day I die. Um, and next week we're going to begin getting into that, the sevenfold mandate for our church, what we're going to be doing. Um, but the reason why I know this is from the Lord is because in April, as a part of that word, God said that in 72 days I'm going to send you leaders that are going to help transition and bring you into this, this um, new focus in your ministry. And I didn't know who these people are. I had no no connections. We were down to 25 people. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like we had a wealth of people to pull from. But we just, I just believed this. Like, okay, God, you said 72 days. I'm going to take you at your word. You, you said that. You said you'd lead us. If we don't depend on our own understanding, in all of our ways acknowledge you. You'll direct our path. I'm just going to believe this is from you and that you're going to fulfill this. And two weeks before the 72 days were up, Dave and Janice called and said, we have something we need to talk to you about. And I'm like, okay. Sometimes we have hard conversations from time to time. We're crazy faith friends, you know. And, um, but they said, we really believe that God is calling us to come partner in your church. Now, you don't understand how connected they were at their other church. They were leaders in their other church. So to do that is a huge, huge sacrifice and step. But it's a testimony of what God is doing. So that fulfilled word reignites my passion that this is what God is calling us into. This is the light that we're going to shine in our community. And I believe we're going to be a part of something that none of us can really fully expect. I had a dream uh, a couple years ago where Chris Moyer and I were in the back of the auditorium. This place was full. People are worshiping the Lord, crying at the altar. All this stuff is happening. And I just look over at him and I say, man, look what God did. Look what God did. And I just know in my gut, in my heart of hearts, this is what God is doing. And one day we're going to be able to look at each other and be like, yo, look what God did. And it's going to be so special because we get to all be a part of it. I believe God has a big plan for Vertical Life Church. We're only scratching the surface. The best is yet to come. No matter how dark the days get, the light of Jesus always shines brighter. And though we have a job to do as a church, we can't forget that it takes all of us. It's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the staff's job. It's all of us to be about the Father's business. It takes all of us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you. If you've made a commitment to Christ, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, here's what the Word of God says to you. He says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Before he even spoke a word to create, he had you in mind and he had a job for you to do. He has a work. It's not just one or the other. It's not, well, I'll just leave that to the next person. There's a spot for you in the kingdom and he has a plan for your life. God's plans for you are good. You don't have to know the most. You don't have to be the most skilled what I've learned over this, you don't even have to have the greatest faith. To be honest, we didn't do anything differently 
for this blessing to come in other than prayer. We prayed and believed. You don't have to be the most of anything to be used in a powerful way for God. You just have to be willing. You have to surrender. You have to say, God, it's not my will, but yours be done. It's not my life, it's your life as a living sacrifice. And you know, he can do more with what little we have if we surrender to the leading, his leading in our lives than if we had everything we needed at our disposal and did it in our own strength. He can do far greater beyond what we can ask or think. All God needs is your yes. All God needs from you is your yes. You need a miracle, he needs your yes. He needs your permission to do with your life what he desires to do with it. He's not going to make you do it. He's not going to take it from you. He needs your yes. Jesus wants to build with you this year. He wants to build. I believe God wants to build with you. And there's a few things he wants to build with you. First, he wants to build your faith. He wants to renew you, to give you a fresh wind, a fresh wind to get up again and pursue the things maybe that you've let go. He wants to build your family. He wants to cultivate a godly and spiritual atmosphere in your home, one that glorifies him and overflows with his goodness. He wants to build your influence to give you favor in your workplace and in your circle of friends. He wants to build your gifts to teach you how to walk by the Spirit and exercise the gifts of the Spirit so that he can encounter people in powerful ways through you. He wants to build your church, both physically and spiritually, as we seek the Lord together. Because ultimately, with you, he wants to build his kingdom. May your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what God wants to do with each and every one of us. There's no second-class citizens in the kingdom. We're all in. We're all in. We're all equal. We just have a different role and function, but we're all equal in the kingdom, and we're all needed, and we're all necessary. And maybe you're here, and the first point of surrender that you need to take is you just need to give God your heart. There's never been a time in your life where you accepted Jesus, and you said, you know, God, I've been doing life on my own. It's not working out so great. I want to I wanna trust in you. I want to take you at your word. I want to believe your promises. If you can do a miracle like that over the course of a pandemic year in this church, I believe you could do a work in my life. I believe you could do a work in my marriage. I believe you could do a work in my job. I believe you could do a work in my kids. I believe that, that there's more out there than what I possibly know. And so even though I don't get it all right now, I don't understand it all right now, God, you have my yes. Jesus, you have my yes. That's what he's asking for. He just wants your heart. And maybe that's you today. You need to just give him your heart. In just a minute, we're going to bow for prayer. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give God your yes and surrender and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it all. But Jesus, I'm trusting in you today. If that's you here today, I encourage you to do that, to begin anew this morning. Let's pray. If you need to receive Jesus right now, just right where you are, just pray it to him. Confess it with your mouth. Let it come out. Jesus said, if you, you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. Declare this. You should say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. For Jesus and his sacrifice. And I praise you for his resurrection. 
today, I choose to rise with him by giving you my heart. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. God, you have my yes. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you just prayed that prayer today, I just want to say a blessing over you. And I encourage you to tell somebody about it. Let me know after church that you prayed. I just want to rejoice with you uh, in that decision. It's the most important decision you could ever make. But Lord God, I just pray for the people here under the sound of my voice, either online or in this gathering today, God, if the, those that accepted you as their Savior, that today for the first time in their life said yes to you, God, I pray your spirit would cover them like a warm blanket, God, and they'd come face to face with the love of Almighty God. As their sins are being washed away, all their mistakes, failures, and frustrations are being thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, God, that the renewed life, the newness, the, the new creation would come alive in them, God, and you fill them with new hope, new faith, God, that you put a smile on their face that maybe they haven't smiled in a long time, but God, today they begin to smile and maybe even cry tears of joy because of knowing now who they truly are, a child of God. God, I just thank you for your love. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And now this call is for the church. God's word is that we need to be ready. The outpour is coming. We can't delay it. We can't hurry it up. But it's coming. And the call to every believer is to be ready. To be ready. Is your heart surrendered this morning? Does God have your yes? Or are there some things in your life that are in the way for maybe what God wants to accomplish in and through you? Maybe you're still holding yourself at a distance in the body of Christ because of there's just something there. It's, maybe it's a false belief. Maybe it's a, a shattered past. Maybe it's a wound in your heart because somebody at some church at some time did something that hurt you and now you're reluctant to trust the church again. Whatever it is, God wants you to lay that down so that there's nothing in the way. Paul said, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, every sin that besets us, and let us race toward the prize, the high calling of God. If you're a part of the church, you're a believer in Christ, the call is to give God your yes, to lay your life down again. Lay down your fear. Lay down your anxieties, your worry, your need to know what tomorrow is going to bring. Lay these things down. Say, God, I don't know it all. I don't understand it all. Whatever the future holds, God, I put my future in your hands. I just want to be used by you. And I'm going to encourage anyone who feels comfortable to get up from their seat and come down to this altar and join me down at the front and begin surrendering to the Lord in this new year. And just surrender. Say, God, you have my yes. It doesn't matter what it is. I just want to be a part of what you're doing. Remove this stuff out of my life. Help me get rid of it so that nothing is in the way for what you want to do. And then I'd ask you to begin calling on God for our prayer points. 21 new families in 2020. A fully funded building program. Greater measures of his presence in our gathering. Leaders to rise up and join us in this work. 
to give us wisdom on how to move forward and how to build what he is wanting to build. We want to build what we want to build. We want to build what he is building. We want his blueprint for this ministry. We don't want to argue about the color of carpet in the new place when it comes. We want to rejoice because we have carpet. Right? It's his kingdom. It's his building. It's his work. So if you're comfortable and you're willing and God is laying on your heart, I invite you to join me down front. Now let's surrender. Let's pray. From all of us at Vertical Life Church, we want to say thank you for listening. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to www.blchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you and God bless.